Turn to Matthew chapter 16 this morning. Matthew chapter 16. I've preached on the exact same verses in a different way, but I looked at it a different way this time when listened to Chrissy talk and what we need to know. And we need this in our hearts this morning. We need this uh, to get this settled in our hearts this morning. Matthew 16, beginning in chapter 13, let us stand. Verse 13, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I am, the Son of Man am? He proposes a question to them. And they said that uh, some say that thou art John the Baptist, the one that got his head cut off. Some say Elias, Elijah. Others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Jesus said, whom does the world out there say that I am? Who, 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 what do you hear out there? He said unto them, but whom say you? Whom say you? Whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter usually opens his mouth and sticks his foot in it. He usually doesn't get it right. But this time Simon Peter hit it right on the head. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this morning for your words. Lord, we just praise the Lord. We touch hearts, Lord. And the question that was posed to the disciples, we need to, to uh, uh, propose to us, put forth to us, Father. We need to answer to our hearts today, Father. We're just praising for what you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Here in the text we find the Lord puts forth a question to the disciples. Whom do you say, who do they say that I am? I, I like joining with, uh, with Peter. I'm glad I know who Jesus is this morning. I like to ask you this morning, whom do you say Jesus is to you? I know who He is to you, and I know who He is to others, but I'm so glad that I know who He is to me. Amen. To me. Here in the text, we see the Lord puts forth this question to His hand-picked disciples, His twelve. And with this question, we see there is some confusion about this question. When He answered the question, He said, Whom do, whom do men say that I am? Who, whom do the the Son of Man, they say I am. And what they're saying out in the world, they're saying the same thing today. He says, you're the ones that are going out inviting those to come to the meetings. You're the one out in the marketplace buying the food, buying the bread. What do you hear them saying about me? I like to know what they're saying about me. I like to know what they think about me. And there's some confusion about who they think about Jesus is. Some say that you're John the Baptist, the fellow that lost his head. Some say that you're Elias, or Elijah, one that rode out on the chariot of fire. Some say that you're the weeping prophet Jeremiah. And there's some confusion about who Jesus is and that day and time. But let me say there's just as much confusion today as it is who Jesus is, as it was in that day. 
You can, you can poll a hundred people on the streets and you'll get a hundred different answers this morning. Some people say that he was a good man. Yes, he was. Some say that he was a good teacher. Yes, he was. But that's about the extent of it. Others say they will believe that he, he's the Son of God, but he's not the only way to God. You can go through Mary some other way. And there's some that will say he's a false preacher. He's a false teacher. Maybe if you get hold of some Bible-believing, born-again child of God that reads his Bible on the street, you might get a straight answer from them. He is the Christ. He is the Savior of the world. He is the Son of God. He is the the sinner's Savior this morning, we find there's some confusion about who Jesus is this morning. Then we see, then we find that the Lord put forth a challenge out on this question. In verse 15, he said, I'm not worried about what they're saying. We know there's a lot of confusion out in the world today. But right here in this little circle, I'd like to ask you the exact same question. He says, I I understand there might be confusion out there, but I want to know what my inner circle, my twelve, my hand-chosen disciple, whom do you say that I am? He said, John, whom do you say I am? James? Who do you say I am? He says, Peter, who am I to you? Who am I all to you this morning? Who am I to you this morning? I'm just curious this morning. Who is Christ to you this morning? Who is Christ to you this morning? I'm not asking if you know Jesus Christ I'm not asking you, your mama knows Jesus Christ or or what he was to your daddy or what he was to your grandmother or grandfather. I'm asking you this morning, who is Jesus Christ to you this morning? That's the challenge that he put forth to disciples. Hey, I'm not worried about what they're saying out there, but I'd like to know what you think I am. I'd like to know who you think I am. Then we find there's some extreme confidence in this text. In verse 16, Peter with this personal confidence, he said, I'll tell you who you exactly are, who you are to me. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. I I wonder if, if He is all that to you this morning. I wonder if He is the Christ, the Son of the living God to you this morning. I wonder if you had more than just a head knowledge of Him, or if you got a heart knowledge and a relationship with Him this morning. When Peter said, the Christ, the Son of the living God, he's not saying that that is who I think you are. It's not who I think you might be, but it's who I know you are. He's saying that you are Christ to me. He said, I'm telling you who you are to me. 
You are my Christ. You are the Son of God, the Savior to me. I'm not worried about what he was to your mama, your daddy, your grandmother, or grandfather. I'm worried about what he is to you this morning. Just knowing Jesus ain't enough to get to heaven this morning. You can't get there because mama knowed him, daddy knowed him, grandma know him, or grandpa know him. You've got to have that personal relationship. It must be made in your heart this morning that you know by a shadow of doubt that he is the Son of God, the Christ, the Savior of sinners of the world. When I look at this text in Simon Peter's life, I have the same confidence that he had. You say, what did Peter know who Christ was? Let me show you several things this morning. I'll try not to keep you long, but let me show you some things out of the text that might help you to see Jesus in a different view. Peter says, I I, I know who you are. I know you are the Son of God. I know you're the Christ. I, I, I know who you are. Why? Because he was the one that called me. You say, what does it mean by that he's the one that called you? I don't have the time, but I, I suggest you write it down. Go back and read Luke chapter 5. You ought to go read it. You know what Luke chapter 5 is? That is Peter's conversion. That's his conversion experience. It's when Peter gets called to be a child of the King of God and do service for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Peter said, I I know who you are because there was a day in my life, uh, there was a day in my life that that when you called me unto yourself. The Bible said Jesus was walking down by Lake Gessonet and he sees sees James and John, the son of Zebedee, and Peter and Andrew, and they were washing their nets. They'd been fishing all night long, hadn't caught a thing, and they were washing their nets out. Can I say it's nothing more than being a fisherman, being one foul mood, and been washing, fishing all night and not catch one fish? I don't catch one in 20 minutes. I'm ready to give it up. But if I cannot sit all night long in a boat thinking I'm going to catch fish and don't catch fish, they, they were not in the pleasant of moods. Uh, if they don't catch fish, uh, they don't pay the bills. If they don't catch fish, uh, they're not eating. If they don't catch fish, their children don't get clothes. They're, they lost at their, their art and their craft and what they're doing. They've got to have fish. But Peter wasn't looking for Jesus, but Jesus come looking for Peter. Peter didn't even know who Jesus was. Hadn't heard about him. He didn't know this was a preacher from Galilee. Uh, But this preacher from Galilee came and found Peter. This morning you might have walked in here. You don't know who Jesus is personally. You don't have to worry about it. You may not be saved, or you may be saved, and you may not be redeemed. You may be redeemed. Maybe you've slipped away, but I'm t- I promise you this morning, you may not have walked in here this morning looking for Christ. I promise you Christ is walking around here this morning looking for you. You say, Jesus don't want me. 
Well, if you look at Peter, thought the same thing. The Bible said Jesus walked up and got into Peter's boat and said, Simon, Peter, launch into the deep. And then he said, let down thy nets. Wait a minute, I just told you. We've been fishing all night, hadn't caught a thing. I just washed my nets. I, I, I know there ain't nothing out there. But I love what Peter said. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. The Bible said they dropped the nets down, and there were so many fish that they couldn't haul them in. You say, preacher, Jesus was, was wanted somebody like me? Oh, yes. Uh, if he wanted somebody like Peter, like Peter, uh, he'd want somebody like you this morning. You know what Peter was. If we could bring Peter here this morning in 2021, and, and the unconverted Peter, before he got that conversion, you know what you'll find Peter would be just like one of us? Peter would be like somebody, an old fisherman. He'd be sitting around. Uh, you know how old sailors are. They smoke dope and, and chew tobacco and drink and got tattoos on and cuss up a storm. Peter's one of those guys. One of them old redneck guys. That's what Peter was. And you think that they got, uh, uh, Jesus goes walking and he finds Peter there. In fact, the Bible says Peter was unlearned and ignorant. He was just a poor old country boy, a poor old fisherman that ain't looking for God, but God is looking for him. And the Bible said when Peter uh, pulled all those fish in and saw what he had, and that's the Bible said, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Peter knew he was. Peter had that conversion right there and then in Luke 5 said, Depart from me, I am a sinful man. He realized what he was. Then he said, Oh Lord. And then he realized who God was. He said, Oh Lord. Recognizing his sovereignty, he says, I, I know who you are and I know who I am. A sinful man. A sinful man. Peter had what every sinner needs to have. To get saved. He saw who Jesus was. And he saw himself and who he was. He said, depart from me, O Lord. He recognized him as the Lord. Then he said, for I am a sinful man. I'm a sinner. You know what Jesus said? Surely somebody like Jesus, the Son of God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, wouldn't care so much about somebody like Peter. Old insignificant prayer like, Lord, be merciful unto me as a sinner. Lord, I am a sinner. Surely he wouldn't care. But he did. Jesus said, fear not. From henceforth thou shalt catch men. Jesus forgave him. Jesus freed him. Jesus pardoned him. You say, preacher, who is Jesus to you? I'll tell you who he is. He's the one that called me. I remember the night I heard his voice at the altar. When I was lost and on going, on to, going my way to hell, 
I had nothing going on for me. I wasn't living the right life. But the king of heaven walked by my way and spoke my name and called me. And when he called me, he changed my life. He set me on a new path. He made me something different than what I was. I remember the day that he called my name. Let me say, do you have a remembrance in your life that you remember the day that he called your name this morning? When you had that relationship, that experience with God, and He called you into Himself, He called me. He is the one that conquers for me. Verse number 17, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Now watch, watch this conquering. Verse number 18. And I say unto thee, thou art Simon, thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates, gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let me say this before we go any farther. The rock that the church is built on is not Simon Peter. You'll find out later on if the rock is Simon Peter, then we all on shaky foundation this morning. He said, Thou art Peter. Do you know what Peter means? It means a, a small stone. He said, You are Peter, but upon this rock himself, the revelation that God gave you on who I am, that's what I'm going to build a church on. That revelation that I am the Son of God. For this rock is not the. Not as our rock, the Bible said, and that's the capital R. The Lord is my rock. The Bible said, and they did drink and the same spiritual drink, for they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. That's the rock the church is built on this morning. You want to know who Jesus is to me? He's the one that keeps conquering for me this morning. Bible said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Not because of the church. The church has survived persecution. The church has survived political regimes. The church has survived passing of time. The church has survived the, the martyr state, the, the torture, the burning. Here we're still preaching this blessed old book telling you about Jesus saves. How in the world is the church still here? Let me say this, church here ain't, ain't still around but conquering, and conquering because of the preachers, because of the singers, because of the members. The reason why the church has lasted so long is because of the foundation that the church is built on. And she... Ain't got built on personality, programs. She is built on the Prince of Peace, the Rock of Ages. She's built on something that never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, the Bible says it. He says, I am the Alpha, I am the Omega, I'm the beginning, I'm the end. That's what we built on this morning. He never changes like society changes over and over. He doesn't change this morning. You know why we can cry? We sing the song, Live in Victory this morning. Because the Bible said in Romans chapter 8, 
We are more than conquerors. Not through ourselves, not through the church, not through uh, anybody else, but through Christ, Him that loved us. He didn't just call me, He is conquering for me. Because of the rock of the church cannot stand against it, the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church this morning. You can't, the gates of hell can't prevail against it because the one that's on our side this morning. Listen, we're not on defense as a church this morning. We should be on offense. I'm not waiting on the gates of hell to come to me. I'm charging the gates of hell. If the church wasn't built on me, if the church was built on me this morning, we wouldn't be here very long. But it ain't, thank God. It's built on the right of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm talking about Jesus is to me. He called me. He's conquering me. You can identify with anybody this morning. He is that one that's called you this morning. Maybe you've never met him, but you have a chance to meet him this morning. You come to the altar, and he will meet you. I promise you he will meet you at the altar this morning. You may have something going on in your life. I promise you he will meet you at the altar this morning. He is the one that called me. He is the one that's conquering for me. He is the one that corrects me. Verse 21. From that time forth, Jesus, to show unto the disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders of the chief priests and scribes, and he be killed. And he raised again on the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. See, Peter, he got it right up there in verse number 15, but he lost it right here. And watch the correction. But Jesus turned and said unto Peter, Get behind me, Satan. Now we had Peter in 2021 here. Now, now we got him converted. He, he's been converted. He's been called. And he's starting to have some little conquering in his Christian walk. But Peter's just like most Christians today and church members. And, and if Peter were here with today was here today and, and straight forth preaching just like Jesus just said, get behind me, Satan. He would be just like a modern day Christian today. I can't believe he said that about me. I, I'm just going to leave here and I ain't never coming back. That's what modern day Christian, uh, Christians do. Uh, they don't like straightforward uh, preaching. They don't like preaching that corrects. Uh, and, Peter, and Jesus correct Peter right then and there. Uh, I, I'm not going back to that church. Uh, and they preached at me. I want to go somewhere where they don't preach at what I'm doing. They don't preach against what I'm saying. They don't preach away against the way I live this morning. That's not Bible. Bible says the preaching of the Word of God corrects us. Amen. You get mad at the preacher, don't get mad at the preacher. Get mad at God, God's Word. He said, get behind me, Satan. He just called his best church member Satan. 
Boy, what would y'all do if I says, Satan? Oh, Satan. Jesus just called his best church member Satan. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. This man that Jesus is rebuking is a called man, a converted man. He is commissioned to preach. He has the touch of God on his life. He's casting out devils. He is an apostle. But don't miss this. Even a good, spirit, godly, filled man or woman can get hoodwinked by the devil from time to time. Even a godly, good, godly man can be at times a mouthpiece for the devil. And it can happen to you. If it happened to Peter, it can happen to you. Let me just say this. To keep that from happening to you, just keep Jesus close. He said, get behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me. For thou savest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. You say, preacher, I, I want to receive correction. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. When most people today... They say, I, I'll take correction from Jesus. I, I love that. I'll take correction from Jesus. Now, let me ask y'all, how many of y'all have seen Jesus this past week? Anybody ran into him this week? I, I haven't run into him this week. Fleshly. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now, henceforth, know him no more. He's not here in the flesh no more. He is spiritually here. How can I get correction if you say I'll get it from Jesus Christ? Well, let me answer that. Uh, the Word of God gives you correction. Ephesians chapter 4. And He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the perfecting and of the saints for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. You get corrected by the Word of God, by the preaching of God. That's why I love sitting under preaching. I need it too. Amen. We want the correction, but we don't want nobody to give it to us. By the preaching of the Word of God on the unction of the Holy Ghost of God, preaching through the man of God, from the Word of God. You know what the mark of a maturity in the Christian life is? They're able to take correction and move forward with it. The mark of an unmaturity life, immaturity life of a Christian life, is someone that points out the things and they pout, climb up and don't do anything about it. It's either through your personal time or through the preaching that we take the correction and don't get mad about it. Get it right and move forward with God. We should not be receiving correction from the news media or from the world 
Bible said, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can't do it by Fox News. You can't do it by Channel 12 News. You listen to the world, it's going to clutter your mind. You've got to get in the Word of God. You have no business letting your counsel be from some hell-bound lost sinner today. You find you some good, godly Christian person that's in the Bible and ask them, get counsel from them this morning. I want to thank my Heavenly Father that on a routine basis, He corrects me. I know fathers, y'all, you don't, you don't like whipping your children. Well, sometimes they just got to have it. They got to have it. They need it. And, and you know what? It, it hurts you to, to spank your child. But the benefits of that spanking now down the road weighs a lot. So when your heavenly father gives you a spanking, when your heavenly father gets to hold you, he says, hey, I'm taking you to the woodshed because of what you did or what you said or what you thought. It's not because he hates you, it's because he loves you. Because he wants to see you grow, because he wants to see you mature. He called me, he's conquering for me. He corrects me. But not only because of that, because he's carrying a cross for me. In verse number 24. Then said, then said Jesus unto the disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. Can I say in verse 24 is service, not salvation. When Peter met Jesus, he knew nothing about denying. He knew nothing about carrying a cross. He knew nothing about following him. Salvation is Jesus coming after Peter. Service is Peter following after Christ. Salvation is God coming to get you. But after salvation, service is you going after God. Take up that cross and follow me. We've got a lot of cross wearers today, but a very few cross bearers today. Amen? How about going out in a crucified life and living it out in front of the world out there today? Hebrews 13 says, Let's go forth therefore unto him with, without the camp, bearing his reproach. And he said, in other words, go out in the world, live like you say you are, live that crucified life, carry that burden, uh, carry that cross out in the world, show the world who you belong to. I can tell you this, bearing a cross going to be a life full of ridicule it's going to be a life full of rejection Jesus carrying that cross nobody ran up to him patted him on the back way to go buddy way to go we all pulling for you no they spit at him they mocked him they cursed him but Jesus said if you're going to be my disciples this is how the world's going to look at you they're going to Cuss you, laugh at you, mock you. But I'm not carrying a cross for the world. I'm carrying my cross for Him. The one that carried my, my cross, I'm going to carry His cross. 
He called me. He's conquering for me. He corrects me. He's carried a cross for me. But can I say He's the one that's coming for me? Verse 27, For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of His Father, and with His angels, and He shall re reward every man according to His works. The Bible said in Acts 1, when Jesus left out of the here, and they're sitting at the right hand of the, uh, the hand of the Father, two men robed in white said this, Ye men of Galilee, why stand here and gaze up into heaven? This same, this same Jesus. He didn't say another Jesus. He didn't say he's sending some angel. He didn't say he's sending some ambassador. This same Jesus. The one that uh, uh, was born in a stable. The one that walked on the water. The one that opened the blinded eyes and healed the deaf ears. Uh, the one that raised the dead. Uh, the one that walked around. The one that carried his cross to Calvary's hill. The one that was buried. Uh, the one that rose on the third day and walked around for 40 days and ascended back to heaven. This same Jesus. He's coming back. I love that new song. The only scars in heaven is going to be the hands that carried me now. Jesus. We won't be broken in heaven. We won't have the hurts and pains and suffering because Jesus took it all when He went to the cross at Calvary. He took our suffering. He took our beating. He took our death. And He said, I'm raising from grave and we'll raise out of the grave too. Thank God. The same Jesus is coming back for you and I. So the question is this morning, who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you this morning? We, we try to present to the children all this week, Jesus. And I thought to myself, man, the adults need to be presented to this too. Who is Jesus to you? If he's nothing like what I've just preached to you, then I, I suggest you come to the altar and say, Lord, I need to be the one to be called, and I need to be conquering. You be conquering for me. I, I need the correction. I need to carry the cross. And I need that reassurance that you're the ones coming for me. Who is Jesus to you this morning? Who is he? I, I mean, it's easy to have the, the knowledge of who Christ is. It's easy to say, well, I know Jesus. But let me say it goes way beyond that. There is a personal relationship that you can have with God this morning. All you have to do is come and say, Lord, here I am. I want that relationship. I want that issue. I want to know who you are to me. Who are you to me? Can you answer that question this morning?